Howdy, everyone. This is Sterling from Far in the Future talking. Uh, if you're finding this episode, I just wanted to let you know that our guest for this episode has transitioned to she, her pronouns and is now going by Juno Ramona Stump and can be found at Juno Stump on Twitter. Uh, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another, you know, fantastic, phenomenal, freakishly cool episode of Up, Up, Download. Uh, my name is synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> I was always trying to do, and I couldn't come up with anything. Uh, my name is Sterling Matthew Oliver. And oh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. My name is Jacob Edelman Dolan. <laughs> And we don't do retakes here, so you're no, going to get what you get there. You um, hear this, today, and this is what's going to be in the episode. <laughs> absolutely. No, we don't We don't work here. What? Uh, <laughs> so today, we've got a very special episode. Um, like we talked about last week, we were really excited to start bringing guests onto the show. Uh, and today, we, we have our first one. Yeah. We did um, it. <laughs> and we had a really, uh, we've got a really awesome conversation lined up for y'all. Um, and it's going to be a blast. But before we get into that, yes. uh, we do need to talk about, Jacob, what have you been playing since uh, since our last episode? The Witcher 3. Wild oh. Hunt. Yes, I started You're it. that on um, the Switch? On the Switch? Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, and, how's, that, uh, how's that port? Okay, so the port isn't bad um it's not good um but it's not bad like the game is playable and that's really what it's i like, it's, wanted it's like if if it had been released as its own without knowing about the other systems would you have thought it was like fine well maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> is, is kind of what i have to say i mean like like i said it, it's really not terrible um but it, it, it's just very obvious that it was not designed for the system and so if it was released independently i would think wow this game is pretty janky but still fun um so yeah that's what i would say um oh. and uh and when i'm not doing that i'm playing fortnite uh i absolutely killed it the other day in fortnite oh my god i heard yeah so tell tell us about that that uh victory royale because oh, it man. just sounded it sounded incredible yeah okay so first of all uh i mean i haven't actually mentioned uh, maybe i have on the podcast or not i don't know um but uh i don't build in fortnite so <laughs> i have a bit of a disadvantage no, th uh, there's yeah there's there's this definite strategy to building but there's also like it's viable to win without building oh and you yeah. don't need to be you because if you're not playing on computer I don't think you should build. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've seen I've seen some people do some pretty pretty wild and insane stuff while building, and it always impresses me. Um, and then I just shoot them down. Um, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so you, before you, I've seen a video of somebody just building like crazy all the way down through Tomato Town uh, yeah. up to this person, and they just do the emote where they sit down and start eating popcorn. And then this person Amazing. stops building, jumps down. The person emoting just stands up and blasts them with a shotgun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, so it, it's very, it's very reminiscent of the uh, uh, that moment in Indiana Jones when like the guy is like he's got his sword and like whirling it around himself, and it's like like all of this really intricate stuff. And then uh, Indiana Jones just shoots him. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, Absolutely. Anyway. Uh, You know the story behind that scene, right? Like, why that scene is that way? Yeah, he's injured. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's. I, I think he's sick, <laughs> and, is, yes, and, yeah. and Harrison Ford was just like, "All right, I'm just doing this today." <laughs> I love it. I think it's brilliant, yeah. I, and, it's, and but, it, it's better than it ever could have been otherwise. But uh, it's not as cool as a victory royale. It's not. Yes. Okay. So yeah, what ended up happening was I got <laughs> uh, ten kills in the game, which is like a tenth of like the people playing the game, which I think is kind of cool. Like it's a hundred people and I killed a tenth out of the, uh, a tenth of them. Um, and then, uh, I, uh, got, uh, all gold weaponry by going to, I don't know if you've been playing, uh, I, I in fact, I probably know that you have not been playing Fortnite, but right now they have, uh, these not in a few years sp- now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have, they, they have these right now. The whole thing is like alien themed and spaceship themed and, okay. and, uh, and so, uh, you can, land um around these things uh that will abduct you i think they're called abductors and they'll take you onto the mothership which is stationed above the map and you basically do this uh um kind of mini game kind of thing where uh you uh try to collect these orbs and if you collect like five of them you go to this other room where it has like these chests and these chests are just full of um whatever tier uh weaponry and uh, loot that you got according to the amount of orbs that you got. So if you get five, you get like gold weaponry. If you get four, you get purple. If you get three, you get, I think maybe blue. And if you get like two, you get green or something like that. I mean, there might be a color I'm missing, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, suffice it to say that like I got all five orbs, which um, isn't super uncommon for me, but it is a really great way of getting loot. And then, um, uh, and then so I got all gold weaponry. I ended the game with all gold weaponry. Um, and I, uh, those 10 kills all 10 of them were headshots and um uh and i won the game um which was pretty sick um i had a really good time with that and i was doing it standing up in the middle of work like i don't i don't know why i played my best game of Fortnite ever um (laughs) while i was at um my job uh it was so funny to me (laughs) yeah i I, it was i was using my like and it was really funny because i was using like my works wi-fi and it's like this shouldn't be good this shouldn't be working but it was just absolutely phenomenal um and i didn't screen record any of it so you can't go and watch it because i have no proof um (laughs) the capture button is so easy every whenever i'm playing dead by daylight uh the the capture button on, on the xbox series x controller is like in the center it is oh, like yeah. you got the start and options and then it's below that in the middle i am constantly clipping things i love the, that. the most mundane plays the most exciting plays i like it's so funny i love that um but yeah that's what i've been playing what have you been playing sterling well, of course, of course. I'm, I've never stopped Dead by Daylight, and that's yes. just always going to be the given. But actually, yesterday, I uh, started Scarlet Nexus, which is... I knew nothing about it. Um, I've got a friend that works at GameStop who got a free code for the Xbox version, uh, but they do not play on Xbox. Uh yeah. And so they just sent it to me, and they were like, hey, this is a game that I think is, looks really cool. Uh, and I downloaded it and started playing it. Uh, I, I took my Xbox over to their place so they could watch me start it yesterday. Uh, yeah. And I was actually amazed by it. It was just like, it, it's, it's an anime-esque game. Uh, well, not anime-esque. It is an anime, by far, for sure, definitively game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
and the combat was really fun but the only issue is that i still don't know much about it even after having started it yeah but i was having a blast with the combat i yeah. i truly was um and so yeah if if uh if you've got the ability to play it i think scarlet nexus is a is a really cool game if you're looking for some fun action that's awesome yeah, but you know it's been pretty pretty boring. Just uh, trying to still trying to get some get some work and sending some auditions up here and stuff. So I haven't been able to yeah. uh, play as much as I'd love to. I've got no You're VR not doing space your job. up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I've got I've got no VR space up here, and I'm really sad because yeah. I like really want to be playing more VR. <laughs> uh, my oh, favorite man. game studio just announced they're doing a VR title. And, See, here's what uh, you got to do. You gotta you gotta get that uh, that uh, that office space that that we talked about you renting for yourself yeah. and and then I'm just trying. set up your VR headset there and then yeah. half the time you can work and the other half of the time you can dig around in your VR. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's actually kind of what I want, but I need a uh, I need more sound design work. I need uh, the things that I'm already doing to start paying, and yeah. uh, then maybe I can <laughs> do. Uh, that. I'm like I could also money. take out a small business loan, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, today, like I said, we've got a pretty, pretty special show. Uh, when we started uh, Up Up Download, we knew that we wanted to talk to people that worked in the industry. We wanted to learn a lot about how games are made, how games are talked about, uh, and interacted with on the widest scale possible uh See, and so, i'm doing this for the money but i don't know about you yeah but. absolutely we have not <laughs> I, I, we have not done we've got the we've got the option to do ad reads but we have not been doing ad reads yeah. uh i just like i just like thinking it's like when somebody approaches us maybe but i'm not just maybe. going to do the things that anchor offers <laughs> because yeah. it's probably not worth our time probably um, not or your time yeah. for listening yet yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing is I don't want yeah. to waste people's podcast time when we get sense out of it. <laughs> yes, um, literal sense. Yeah. Uh, so uh, today we are speaking with Josh Nichols. Josh has been a friend of mine for, oh, we're getting close to a decade, but it's been about seven or eight years now. Uh as we met we met a while ago we talk we'll, we'll be talking about it a little bit more in depth but we met as writers uh, and they've continued to go down the writing path uh working in video games and it's super exciting to get to listen to them talk about their journey uh so josh why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself <laughs> Hey, this is Josh Nichols. I am a writer at Retroware, and you can find my work at uh, Prima Games, and you can also hear me on Active Quest, which is a video games podcast where we talk about news and reviews and stuff. Uh, so, Josh, you have the great honor of being our first guest here on Up, Up Download, <laughs> which uh, I know Jacob and I are super excited about it because when we started this podcast, we talked about doing that and then we just never really got around to like implementing it instead um, we just dicked around a bunch uh <laughs> yeah exactly just yeah people just obviously always want to hear what we have to say uh and yeah, so it's, it's you easy get... to do that it's really easy to just talk when you're yeah. you know recording with people <laughs> uh, 
Um, so you get to start off the tradition that we are going to have with every guest that comes on the show. Uh, we want to know what are the games that made you? What's some of the earliest things that you played or things just throughout your life that uh, really influenced who Josh is and why they came to be the writer, podcaster, extraordinaire that they are today. Oh, you're too kind. Um, uh, okay, so uh, my first game was probably Super Mario Brothers 3, um, and I'm not that old. I was just poor as a kid, so everybody had a Super Nintendo, and I, you know, I was playing my Nintendo, but I think it worked out because I played a lot of like early formative stuff. Like I played Excite Bike, I played Mario 3, I played Mario 1, and then um, that kind of showed me, like, games can be different things, you know, because, of course, at first, when you play your first game, like, that's the only thing you know about games is this game, you know, and then you discover, like, oh, you can do other stuff in games, like, you know, ride a motorcycle or, you know, eat ghosts or whatever. Um, and then I think the thing that kind of solidified it for me was a couple years later, I... Um, got a uh, Game Boy Color for my eighth birthday, and that was right around a Pokemon Blue version and Red version came out in the U.S. And, um, I, you know, I begged my parents for it and got that for my birthday. And I, I, I would just, like, play that game and, like, finish it. I would get as close as I felt like getting in that playthrough on uh, my Pokedex. And then when I was bored, I'd basically just start a new game. Because, of course, we didn't have different Pokemon games back then. It was just that one. So I just kind of kept playing that. And that kind of really got me interested in, like, how exciting and, like, different and, like, I don't know, it's kind of cliche to just compare gaming to, like, you know, going outside, and it's boring, and it's just outdoors, but, like, it's just, like, games can be anything, and that always really appealed to me. Like, you just never know what you're going to get in a game, and, like, I don't know. It's, it sounds cheesy, but I always describe games as, like, the combination of, like, technology and imagination, because it's, like, a person thought of this, and then a person had to make it work, and then they're getting to share it with you, and, like, that's a pretty unique thing, like, in, in media. Like, there's usually a little bit that's just inherently missing from, like, other media. But games can kind of be, like, a, a full sensory thing, especially with, um, you know, putting, uh, you know, the, the player agency or whatever. So, I guess Mario 3, uh, Pokemon Blue, and then, um, I guess, uh, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, probably I got really into that when that first came out and that kind of got me like addicted to like um i think that was probably one of the first times i noticed the music in a game i know that sounds oh, weird yep, because like yep. you know mario 3's oh, got yeah. great music but like yeah josh mansell on the the first three crash games it's just amazing especially since um uh, i remember reading that originally uh universal who uh, owned uh uh, crash and you know naughty dog was working under them at the time universal wanted um uh, what was it? Oh, that's right. They wanted like like um, I think they described it as like urban like development noises or something like that. I'm trying to remember. It was basically like <laughs> they wanted like construction downtown noise and like cars crashing. Like like they wanted that to be the the sound in the game. And then Naughty Dog was like, No, we're gonna put music in it. Like we don't know <laughs> we don't know what the hell you're I... talking about with just noise on the street. Like like just like city street noise. Yeah, but, yeah it's, it's so funny. It's hard to imagine it without that music though because it's so stylized that oh it's so good i was yeah, really iconic i don't want to i don't ever want to complain about something that like i'm surprised i got but like that was my only thing i was sad about with the insane trilogy was like you can't listen to the original soundtracks like oh. and you can do that in spyro reignited trilogy so i was kind of yeah, yeah 
that's bummed out about that. Because the, the new music's good, but, like, there's just something about um, the limitations of earlier game systems that made it so there was just such a... I'm not like a. I mean, I like music, but like I don't know music like like you do. But like, um, like just the, it like it like forced it to focus in on like a melody and a counter melody. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, there wasn't a lot of room oh, yeah. for like dissonant notes over here, and you know that's cool. But like, there's just something great about like you boot up a a PS One or like Genesis game, and like just like the the melody is just like right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And and just so you know, for the rest of the conversation, um, feel free to be as uh, as nostalgic and gushy and uh, and and cliche as you want, because that is what we do here all day. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, we, we rely on it. Some might say. <laughs> yes, I have a very important question for you now, Josh, and that is, what are you playing now? Oh man. Okay. So. Um, I am currently, I'm kind of playing some different stuff than I, like, I usually play, but I've been like wanting to play these for a long time. So I'm not very far in them yet. Um, I've, I've kind of barely started, but um, I've started playing Deadly Premonition and um, Silent Hill 2. Uh, I never played either one of those and like always wanted to. Silent Hill, of course, came out when I was like too little, so that's, that's where I missed mm-hmm. that one. But... Um, Deadly Premonition, I really, I didn't know what it was until the Switch version was announced, you know, and they ported it and the sequel and all that, and I thought, that looks really neat, and then I looked it up, and everyone's like, oh yeah, this is like Twin Peaks the game, and I was like, holy shit, I have to play this game. Um, But then, of course, the Switch version, like, ran kind of terribly from what everybody told me, and so I, um, kind of from what I read, I mean, like, good enough, but not, like, good. Um... And then I went to buy the Xbox version because I remembered it was uh, backward compatible, but it wasn't available to purchase digitally. And I don't really mess with physical games as much anymore. I do on like Nintendo platforms because they're online, so you know that's a whole different thing. But on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, I usually just you know download the game. And uh, so that was kind of a bummer. And then like it came back recently. I don't know when it came back on on like the the you know the Xbox store digitally, but I like happened to check again because I was about to just buy the Switch version like a week or two ago. I was like, fuck it, I wanted to play this game. And then um somebody said, Oh, you know, you should play it on Xbox, and I'm like, Well, I'll look it up and check. Oh, yep, cool. And then I read that a lot of the uh, performance issues were kind of um compensated for, uh like, you know, in the uh you know, later hardware, like the Xbox One was able to kind of, you know, iron out the yeah. uh the, the 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 jitter and stuff from the game but yeah so not very far but um i i really like uh what i played so far of uh both games and i'm probably like an hour or less in i've been busy with um reviews which i guess i probably should have told you what i what i just finished reviewing that would make more sense because that's mostly what i'm playing i just kind of like responded like from a leisure standpoint at first you know um so for review i just played uh, doki doki literature club plus um and then i just played um Labyrinth City, uh, Pierre the Detective, and those were both very good. Right on. Yeah, I just I just saw the uh, the Doki Doki review come across my feed, and I haven't read it yet. But uh, I've got a fun experience with Doki Doki, where a few years ago, me and a few friends did a Twitch stream together, where we each took a character to voice, uh, and they had me voice the protagonist and make the choices, and so we got to just turn it into like a 
like a little staged reading kind of a thing. It was really that could fun. be intense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was because uh, none of us knew anything about it except for the person who like pulled the entire stream together. Right. Uh, They're like, you guys just go ahead and do this. It'll be fun. Yeah, they they had played through the game and I knew nothing. And it, oh, it was scary. <laughs> yeah. There was just yeah. there was just a certain point in that where like you know there was like a shift in it and all of a sudden I sat up and was like, wait a minute, you know, it was just like really surprising. Oh yeah. I have and never the, played the game. Oh, um, I highly recommend it. They do so. Yeah, it's, it's good. The, the creator used a game engine that was designed for like visual novels, basically. That oh like, yeah, totally. This kind of dating sim esque stuff, uh, but managed to do some really interesting things technically with it. Uh, and it, it, it just it's so cool some of the stuff he, he that does, it does some really cool stuff with like your um, assumptions and expectations as Absolutely. the game goes on yeah like I love that. um without like giving anything away there was a point where i was like i mean i've obviously got to finish this game and reviewing it but like oh come on like i want i want something else to like be happening right now and to, to clarify like i i like uh you know narrative heavy games and i'm not like putting on visual novels it's just i yeah. heard that this game was like you know like you know, like some people's like game of the year, and I was like an hour in, and I was like, I don't understand. You know, like this is fine, this is cool. Sure. But, and then there came a point where I was just like, oh shit, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. The plus version has like some extra content. The uh, original version um, is is free on itch, um, and then oh. the plus version is kind of like a. Um, it's got like some extra content in it and stuff, and it's I think it's like twenty bucks or fifteen bucks, but that just came out on um, uh, PC and consoles. So if you if you if you feel like playing it on Switch or something, you know, then you could. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I I the Switch is what I use for the majority of my time. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'd recommend getting it on PC if you can. Oh, I yeah. I don't. I haven't heard. I can't imagine the ending is near as cool on a console as it is on a PC though. Uh, the thing you're referring to still works because of a, um, like a diegetic menu. But okay. Gotcha. I do agree with you though. Like uh, now that I'm thinking about that, yeah, I do think that, um, it, it, like if you were, if you were indifferent and you weren't like super duper duper wanting to play it on switch and you were just like, I kind of prefer it if, if, unless you're like super wanting to play it on switch, then yeah, I would, I would play it on PC too for that. But yeah, yeah they did manage to make that part work. Uh, and since since it's a visual these. novel, your laptop would be fine. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I love all of these uh, vague hinting. <laughs> I, I think this is great. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really and it's short too. I mean, like, it's one of those games where you'll you'll probably want to replay it, but like, just your first initial um, playthrough, we'll call it, will probably just take you a couple of hours. Yeah, sure. So yeah. Um, that makes sense. As much as I love this kind of breakthrough uh, immersive storytelling, uh, I would like to hear a little bit more about your journey as a writer. So for people that don't know, uh, one of my first like experiences working in games was uh, at a short-lived but very fun site, pixelvolt.com. That's where... Josh and I initially met. Oh my gosh, such a fun name! (laughs) That's where Josh and I initially met uh, as writers. Uh, I was doing like occasional reviews, trying to gather interviews, and a couple uh, 
essays here and there, but I didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) Did you interview um, Sarah from The Last of Us? I did. I I, I did that interview. Um, Forgot the actress's name, but yeah, that that character. uh, Hannah Hayes was her name. Uh, is her name. She's still alive. She's still with us. <laughs> she did if not you're listening to this, uh, you know, <laughs> check the obits, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, like, so what, what has been your journey with writing? Like starting before that, if it started before that and uh, up until today, like what has been, how, how did you get involved in games media? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll start big. And if you have other you know questions, I'll, I can narrow down, oh, but totally. I have a tendency to ramble. So that's why I'll do it that Please way. Uh, do it. <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I always, I always say that like when I was growing up, like I looked up to like, you know, games writers, like other people looked up to like, you know, like sports people and stuff. And like, that's, that's actually like not a, not like not a joke either. Like I, I've got like a shelf in my closet that's like buckling from like Game Informers. Like I need to move them. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like for me, like when I grew up, when I was a kid, um, and I'll just for the sake of uh, trying to guess the time, I'll just say PS One era. You know, like right around there is when I was like, I wasn't just like playing games. I was like playing games and like uh, consciously like um, you know seeking new games out, wanting to check out different stuff. I wasn't just like playing whatever was there. Um, and that was probably when I was like, you know, seven or eight years old or whatever. And that's the same time I was playing like, you know, Pokemon on my Game Boy and stuff. So that's when I started like consuming games more than I would say casually. Like I was like, that was what I liked. And of course, um, I'm getting older now. I'm 30 this year. So this was just to, just to remind people in case they're like, you know, maybe we've come a long way with games. This was back when like people were like, yeah, those are cool, but those are toys. And eventually you got to you got to stop playing those. You know, so that was kind of a, a thing that kind of permeated like culture at the time was like, you know, this 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 can't be something that you're just always into. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to keep playing games. I love these things. They're great. And um, when I got and, and of course, that's around the same time that I'm like seeking out game magazines and like reading like, you know, boxes at the store or whatever, like the little inserts at Toys R Us and stuff. And like, so that was really cool. And then that was probably when I was like, you know, like I said, seven or eight. And then by the time I'm like, like. 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, that's when I'm, like, aware of, like, even more aware and have access to, like, gaming magazines, and so um, I started, like, collecting those, and that was when I learned, like, oh, there's there's people that, like, they don't just talk about games, but, like, they, like, research them, like, they, like, break them down, and they figure out, like, what makes them work, not just on a technology level, but also, like, you know, this game is mechanic, like, and, and, and how you're in, you know, like, I, I just started looking at games as more than just, like, like something I'm playing, and um, the kind of the conversation behind that. And that was really interesting to me. And then on top of that, that was also when I started connecting um, different opinions with different like people. So like I would be like, oh, cool. Uh, this this issue's got a review and it's from Andrew Reiner. And I know he likes, you know, I know he I know he really likes this genre. I'm excited to see what he, you know, thinks about this game. Like that's when I started like feeling like that as I was getting to like my early um, you know, like preteens or teenage years or whatever. And that's when I was like, you know, these people are really cool. I like these people. Like, obviously they do other stuff than just write about games, but like, this is a big part of their life and it could be a big part of my life too. Um, and then, uh, when I was, so that was when I was like, you know, teenager, high school age, and I'm playing games all the time, talking to people about games all the time, probably more than they would like me to, but that's all I can like think about. Cause you know, I just had this like magic hobby that's somehow real and it's, you know, it's exciting to me. Um, and, uh, so then I'm, um, 
then then I'm like 20 and 20 or 19, you know, 18 around there. That's when I started. Actually, let me try to remember the exact year. It was 2011. So I was. Uh, yeah, I was 20. So when I was 20, I was like, you know, I'm not going to necessarily be able to do this because I don't think I'm going to be able to go to college. This is after I had to unfortunately flunk out of college because of like money, trying to work while going to school, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yay, America. And um, yep. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to have to get a day job and th- that's OK. You know, whatever. I'll just still enjoy games as a hobby. That's it's cool. Um, and then that's when I was like, wait a minute, I could just do this on Tumblr. Like, yeah, I'm not getting paid to do it, but like, you know, I could still do it. And if I like doing it, then why not? So I did, I did that for like two years and then I had to stop because like, you know, it was just too hard to balance that and work, but I really enjoyed doing that. And I think my favorite memory from that is I, I got, like, I worked, I really, I worked really hard at this. Like I treated it like it was like a job. And that was of course when I was working, you know, a day job, I, uh, bought Alan Wake's American nightmare, like at midnight. And, oh, yeah. um, I like played it like straight through and took notes. And of course that game's probably, I'm guessing, I don't remember. It's like between four and six hours. It's not like terribly long, but like I, I finished the story mode and then I like played like an hour or two of like the, like the horde mode type mode that, that was there. And then I took notes the whole time and I immediately went upstairs. This is when I was like living in my parents' basement kind of thing. Like it was like, I was like basically in that stage of life where you're like just barely getting by and, you know, learning that your twenties are rough. And, um, I ran upstairs and I like typed up my review with my notes and stuff. And then like, I went to bed, um, cause I had to wake up and work like later that, um, afternoon. And, um, then I woke up and it was like, I don't remember like how big it was necessarily, but it was like on the front page of like the, God, this like ages me. It was in the front page of like Tumblr's like, you know, gaming page where like, you know, they had like different hashtags for different like interests and like, yeah, it was like on the front page of like that. And like, there were a lot of people commenting and I was like, wow, this is like really cool. And that kind of gave me my spark where like, you know, no matter how um, hard it is. And even if I'm not doing this as a job, I'm going to do this in some capacity as much as I can. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just make sure that as long as I'm not getting paid for it, I'm just having fun with it. Like, I don't want to get in that territory where like, it's a job that doesn't pay me that I hate, you know, where I'm like pouring that much of myself into it. Um, and then right around that period is when I started writing at a uh, pixel Volt with you, which was a really, that was really exciting. It was like, I, I sent emails to, you know, places before to be like, Hey, you should let me write for you. Check out my blog. I, 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 you know, I, here's, 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 here's a review I wrote and here's a, you know, here's a feature I wrote and, you know, here's a news article I wrote in my blog. Like I can, I can do these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to, to, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard industry to break into because everybody, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people want to do it. So I understand why I didn't, you know, get responses right away, but yeah, eventually I got to write a pixel bolt and that was, uh, that was really fun. It was really exciting. I learned a lot there. Um, I'm going to, uh, say that, let's see, this is when I was my mid twenties. I was kind of an asshole then. Um, I've apologized to a lot of people from my mid twenties. I was just like a regular mid 20 person. And of course, if you're mid 20 and not an asshole, you're doing really good. And I'm proud of you. A lot of us, you know, are like, you know, a dumb kid with money when you're in your early twenties. So, I mean, I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way, but I think I, eventually came out like, you know, on the right side of a lot of lessons, like learn the things I was supposed to learn. Um, not just like, you know, in like writing, but like just in general, like learning how to be a person. 
And then um, that was 2014, 2013. And then um, I had to stop doing Pixel Bolt. I was just like struggling like with like work and like paying bills and stuff at that point. So I just didn't have any time. And that's when I thought I was probably going to have to be done. And then um, fast forward to 2017. And that's when I started writing again. So it's a few years later. Um, that was basically just when I was able to almost support myself. Um, at, at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, married too. And um, so there's, there's that. And then like also, um, um, I, I got a better job in 2017. So I was able to transition, you know, some extra time into uh, writing. And then I... Am I going on too long? I, I'm making sure. No, I'm not, not at all. Okay. No, this is okay. great. Making sure. Um, I think that's something you guys probably relate to this. A lot of podcasters wonder if they're talking too much. And then <laughs> yeah. you got to remind yourself, like, someone's supposed to be talking. There's not, like, a moment where everybody just kind of pauses and just kind of looks around like oh, everybody's yeah. supposed to Absolutely. talk. Absolutely. <laughs> no, they've, they've, they've heard plenty from us. I think it's going to okay, be nice to hear <laughs> a fresh story. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay, so 2017, toward the end of the year. At this point, um, I w- uh, in the, within the last year or so back, I was writing um, at a website. Um, I'd rather not name them. The only reason is because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really have any ill will toward anybody there. But the, the, I didn't like how the website was managing, and that's why I stopped it. So just the interest of like, you know, being like considerate because yeah. I don't know how they are now. They could be cool now, but basically, I was like working a whole bunch, and like the website was um, expecting a lot more out of me than what they were what they were able to to uh, pay. Essentially, I was working like. 20 30 hours a week probably doing like reviews and stuff like that but then also like helping with like uh hiring and you know emails and like uh editing articles so it was just one of those things where the the website probably could have um either provided with more resources uh, and or like you know uh, had less expectations or something like that basically just like i said before it was like i'm gonna do this as long as i can until i can't do it like in a way where it's like fun and not you know too hard so that's when i i stopped writing there um and i wrote some good stuff there though there's a few things i still share from the from the site like you know there was i uh i I learned a lot there so it was a good experience overall it was just time for me to you know stop doing it um and then that was at the end of 2017 and i was like i think i'm just done writing about games like i i want to do it but like i'm having trouble finding a place where like i'm just doing it for fun and like it's it actually is fun and it's not like you know too much or whatever to where it's just like you know um i'm exhausted and you know tired and then i also wasn't able to find a place that was like hey we'll, we'll pay you to do this so i couldn't find either one of those and was like you know i'm just going to kind of stop now and then um a little less than a year uh later like kind of like uh trying to remember on the exact time i think it was around september october 2018 um that's when I like tweeted out like, Hey, I, I, I miss like talking about games. Um, I'd like to do a podcast cause I haven't tried that yet. And, uh, well, I, I wanted to still talk about games, but like, I was like, I, I don't want to do the writing thing anymore because I was not only having trouble finding it, but also on top of that, it was just like, this would be easier to do casually. And I want to 
preface that with podcasting is still a lot of work. I was just looking at it like I won't have to like um, maybe do as much research. I could talk. I could do a, a review in like five or six minutes where I'm just providing some impressions about a game instead of you know spending. 60 hours, you know, playing and researching and, you know, writing a review. I was just like, this could be a, a different avenue that might be easier for me to um, find good balance in. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely still a lot of work, but I was thinking it might work better for what I was looking for. Um, and then uh, Chris Penwell um, and uh, Joseph Yaden, uh, they uh, are two, two friends of mine that... Um, you know, uh, they we already like talked a few times on Twitter, and of course, Chris I'd known for a, a while on a few websites, um, and um, that they they basically just like responded and were like, "Hey, that sounds kind of cool. I've been wanting to do a podcast too." And then um, we uh, we we started uh, November twenty eighteen. Yeah, yep, yep. Because I just remember that our first episode, we were talking about Fallout seventy six's launch, and it was like really, mm-hmm. you know, of course, rough as everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so that was that was November twenty eighteen, and then by twenty twenty in September, um, the, of course, I should mention the whole time that we're we're doing podcasts, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's fun, and it like kind of um, put me back into into that side of things without feeling you know, tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, you know, I found, I found my balance. So, um, while that's happening though, uh, Chris and and Joseph, like they're both awesome. Like, uh, this is a good thing. Of course I'm like praising them. They were like, you know, getting more and more and more into like games writing. And so like, obviously I was happy for their success, but I was also like, man, I kind of, I kind of miss that. Like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if maybe I should try that again. And then whenever that thought like happened, I was like, no, 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 I'm not, you know, this is, this is good. I don't want to like mess this up. Like I'm, it's okay. I'll just I'll just do podcasting. And so I just kept doing Active Quest, and then um, after a year and a half or so, it's it's like fall twenty twenty, and of course that's when a lot of people did a lot of like, you know, uh, growth personal. A lot of people, you know, during the pandemic, like there was a lot of like reflecting. I think, and a lot of people probably did what I did, where they were like, you know, what do I what do I really want to do, kind of thing. And uh, I wasn't happy at my IT job that I was doing. Uh, it was getting worse. It, it was like a good job and that was just a job. Um, and so that was kind of pushing me away from that. And then on top of that, you know, just watching Chris and Joseph kill it. I was like, I, I just want to do this ca- casually again. Like I don't have to, you know, make money, but like, you know, I'll just, I'll just do like an article, a couple articles a month somewhere or whatever. Um, so I applied for parallax media, a really good website to recommend people check out. Um, and they are a smaller website that, um, and I'm not, I'm not, this is, this is, um, just me describing the website. This isn't me putting them down. I love Parallax. They're a smaller website that can't afford to like pay writers because they don't have a lot of income coming in to do that with. Basically they make enough to like keep the lights on, but like, it's a really, really good environment where like, there is no like, Hey, don't forget you have to have an article a day written. And you know, there, there's, there's none of that. And that's not directed at any specific site. I'm just saying there's, there was like no restrictions. It was like, write as much as you want. And I was like, Oh, this is this is perfect. Like this is what I was looking for. So then I, I was I was good with just that. But um, then eventually I kind of got more comfortable um, to you know kind of kind of venture out and apply for stuff, other stuff too. Um, I worked at I wrote a game rant for a couple of months before I was like, yikes. Um, just um, I don't know. Um, I think the, the the best way to put it is uh, the parent company Valnet has very big priorities placed on output that uh-huh. didn't 
go as well with what I was doing. I was kind of back where I was at, you know, previously. We're like, oh, this isn't this isn't fun anymore, and this is, uh, you know, a lot of work for the the um, the, the the payoff that I'm I'm searching for, which is just like I want to write stuff that I love writing, kind of thing. Um, and just to acknowledge too, this whole time, I, I know that I'm like trying to have my cake and eat it too, or I'm like, I want to have a job that I love and I want to, I want to either a pay bills with it or B like, I want to enjoy it. So I understand like, it's like chasing a unicorn. Like you don't always get that, but like, it was just like, if it wasn't the right balance, then it was like, I've already got a job. So I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do this just because I have to. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, left uh, Game Rand on good terms. You know, again, good website. I don't have any issues with Game Rand. It just, that's not where I was going. And then I ended up um, applying at uh, RetroWare. And then that got me in a spot where I was, like, really, I'm going to say thriving, where, like, I was writing stuff I really, really, really liked writing and, like, researching. And, like, it was just, it's one of those jobs where, like, I do a lot of work there, but, like, it doesn't even feel like work. Mm -hmm. So I got what I wanted there and then I was balancing that and my day job and I, I should mention too this whole time I'm working from home during the pandemic normally my my old day job was like you know only in the office so like the, this this uh from September 2020 to April 2021 I'm like working and um switching desktops basically like I'm logged into my work computer at work but then I'm also like during any any second of downtime, I'm like minimizing my, my my work desktop and I'm like working on you know an article or research or whatever. So as 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 um and this is actually my advice for anybody that wants to do writing uh, full time too. Um, basically, what I did is I was like driving like two cars. Like you're basically just doing two full time things and then you basically jump when um you uh have too much to multitask. I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but like that, that's what worked for me. I know there's not one answer, you know, for that, but that's what worked for me was, okay, I'm working like a hundred hours a week between all this. I, I can't uh, do it anymore. And I've got to give up something. And it was yeah. like, writing's going good. I don't like this other job that I'm trying to leave. I guess I'm going to jump. And I almost waited until I, I had like two weeks of vacation time scheduled. Um, uh, like at the end of June. Um, and that's when I was going to quit my job. I was like, I'll just like put my two weeks in uh, for my vacation. Like that's when I'll quit, you know? Um, but it got to a point where it was like, wait a minute, if I quit now and when I ended up quitting was in April, if I quit now, I can like double down on the opportunities I'm getting and I can try to help with E3 stuff. Like it makes sense to, so it was, it was, it was scary, but it was like, mm -hmm. if there's ever been a time to jump, like, you know, it's now. And so I, I did, and, like, now, um, you know, I have days that aren't always good, but, like, overall, it's just, like, it's it's really exciting. I think the only thing I could say that's been negative so far is, and this is, like, this is me, is um, I have trouble with having a good work-life balance. It's yeah. hard for me to be, like, okay, I can stop working now, because the way I look at it is if I've got, like, a review or a feature that's approved and it's on my, my desk, like, why... Why shouldn't I be working on that? Like, especially if it's like gameplay research, like I don't play as many games for fun anymore. And it's just cause it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to justify playing a game for fun, strictly fun. If I can like play one for work, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're always so. able to do like research, even if it's in the back of your head while playing. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, like, 
I, I know. I guess while we're while we're talking about it, I'll just say this. I know a lot of people look at it like outside of writing. Look at it like, oh wow, that person just plays games, and it's like it's a, like a completely different like hat you're wearing when you're doing that. Like when I when I'm reviewing a game, I've got either my iPad and like the Note app open, or I've got like a pad of paper um, and a pen, and like I'm like pausing constantly. I'm taking notes. Um, I'm like replaying sections because I'm like, wait a minute, I need to check this out for, like a different kind of you know angle like for example this is just like a made-up example but let's say like let's say i'm playing this from a stealth standpoint and that's how i want to play it but like maybe you know i want to see how it works the other way around because that might be worth mentioning in review like it's it's a whole bunch of that and then also um it's like you're asking you're, you're asking you're like you're like interviewing the game you're like asking the game questions the whole time and then trying to answer them so i guess what i'm saying is like yeah it's fun but like I'm definitely not somebody who always requests to review games that I want to play for fun. Like, if it's a game that I'm, like, really excited about, like, for example, Halo Infinite, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Same. Uh, 12, 12 minutes, looking forward to that. I'm probably not going to go out of my way to try to review those. I'm not going to turn down reviewing it. Like, obviously, if I could, like, review Halo Infinite or something for, like, you know, Prima or Polygon or some website, like, I'm going to do it. But, like that's not like oh i hope i get to review that like for me those are the games i'm like i'm just gonna play that and it's gonna be fun and i'm just gonna put that fence between you know work and uh work and play i really appreciate like i just talked forever i hope i didn't talk too long no no you're fine i really appreciate the the that distinction there because i think a lot of people definitely have that kind of uh I mean, there there are there are fun jobs that a lot of people kind of idealize and and say, all right, this has just got to be like the biggest breeze and has to be like all fun all day, no matter what, if you're doing the job. But I mean, work is work. Like, I mean, this yeah. is true for for so much. I I hear this a very similar. Um, uh, it's not complaint, but it's definitely like I, I guess analysis from like. Sorry, I don't want to imply that you're complaining about your job because I know I'm sure oh, you no, enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah. But, like, I hear a very similar, like, uh, analysis from uh, people who review film um, and say, like, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm going to, en- like, watch a movie to enjoy it, um, I'm going to do that and I'm going to take off right. my, my work hat. And 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 I, I think it's the funniest thing because I think a lot of the a lot of the time um, it's really hard to do that. Uh, I know. I, oh, I, it's it's so hard. Yeah, because like naturally you're like, well, I like I like I like writing about this thing. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, your brain almost pushes you to, to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I, I think that <clears throat> I think that we uh, I think Sterling would probably agree that um, uh, we're both we both come from uh, from theater acting backgrounds, and so whenever I, I watch something uh, or I'm 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 like reading a story online i always find myself thinking like oh i need to like make this or i need to i need to figure mm-hmm. out a way to get involved in this some way or another i need to i need to perform this somehow or or something like that yeah. and it's so hard to turn that kind of uh idea off it really is yeah yeah it really yeah i agreed uh, i think also you made a really great point uh when it comes to freelancing not just for writing but for anything that it's it's something that's really difficult to just kind of say all right i'm doing this now uh let me go do this uh you do have to spend time kind of building up the experience the portfolio the connections uh and 
it sucks to think about how you'd be kind of doing a whole bunch of extra work while also doing like quote unquote a mundane job that like has nothing to do with what you might want um but there there does eventually come that time where i think you're absolutely right where you start to realize okay i've hit the point where now i can actually start to support myself doing this um but it's absolutely possible to do that too early uh and I think yeah. that's what gets a lot of people is that they try to do it too early. Hell, I I, I think I did it too early uh, and I'm trying my best to recover from that. Um, and I don't know when it comes to writing and anything else. Uh, it, it's great to want to pursue it and you should absolutely do everything you can to pursue it. Uh, but you have to be careful that you are not putting yourself in a bad position because if you just let let it take its course it's not you you have to intervene you know you right. can, you you're not going to be successful it, because exactly. you want to be exactly. like you have to and and re reality is you know cruel and uncaring so just because it's your dream and you want to do it doesn't mean it's going to it's going to happen like oh, and yeah. and that's not to say your dreams aren't important it's just like it, it, if you if you jump too early then like it's it's not only could it could it like like you said it could it like hurt you because like oh no income but then also like it's 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 hard and it's discouraging when you do trip and fall and it's important to recognize like well wait a minute I, I tripped and fell there because I it was too soon to jump or whatever it, it can be hard to like contextualize that stuff because and and same thing goes for like any any time something's not like doesn't doesn't like work out in writing like there's times I've had a really good pitch and like I know it was a good pitch and it it doesn't get picked up by anybody and like you have to remember like just because it's not a just because it didn't get accepted doesn't mean it was bad like it just means like it just didn't you know just didn't work yeah um and then unfortunately um this is not a single website's fault other than the one i'm going to mention uh google of course uh kind of dictates a lot of what uh gets approved at websites and it's because it's you know google seo is what really kind of determines um, how web, some websites are able to like you know breathe, let alone Absolutely. survive. So there's yeah. times I've had somebody say that's a really good like I like that that's good, but I just can't approve that right now. I might be able to approve this you know again if you pitch it like you know during a an event or announcement or anniversary related to it you know something like that. Like sometimes it's just kind of how it goes. I that makes sense. I, I you've got me all riled up because because I <laughs> I think about this all the time and I'm sure that you do probably think about it even more often than I do because you're involved in the field but the thing what 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 Google has done to like journalism and like just the internet in general when it comes to the content that you see is at Google and Facebook I think just is insane it's insane it's they've they've made They've made the internet a smaller place in like a bad way. Do you know what I mean? I it oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's really uh, depressing. I I I, I like playing uh, games like Hypnospace Outlaw or any games like that where like older technology is reference emily is away is another example that that series because like there's like this weird like time i'm gonna say like 2005 to like 2010 and like social media and like on like the internet where like facebook and google hadn't like 
swallowed everything yet. They like it's in terms of like algorithms. how things. Yeah, yeah. Before before that, like people shared stuff on Facebook, people Googled stuff, but like it was easier for a website like Stumble Upon to exist because uh, there was just more internet and said now it's like there's probably even more internet now than there was then, but like it's like this um, magnifying glass on a like a map and Google just kinda moves it around basically. And of course Google's not necessarily moving it around but like people the, the the responses and search queries from people are directing google which in itself is scary because like what people are curious about is driving the conversation and sometimes that's cool you know sometimes it's uh you know oh cool we're gonna get a whole bunch of pokemon content other times you know um we're talking about you know, white nationalism yeah sometimes it's white nationalism or like you know an attack on the capital so yeah. like it just yeah. It just it just depends, and that's really weird to see like this kind of just continue without like any you know major. I know it could change, but as of right now, like Facebook and Google can just go. Well, I mean, I don't know. We're a big website, so sorry. Like, and it's just yeah. kind of like the negative effects that just kind of happen anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's doing a lot more of showing you what you want to see before you want to, before you know you want to see it, rather than mm-hmm. back in that time period that you mentioned. Like, it was a lot more email chains and people actually sharing it and being like, Hey, this is really cool. And you should look at, so like, it was a lot more organic, uh, when things would build up and get found. Um, now it feels like the internet was made by whoever designs Ubisoft's, uh, checklists. Yes. (laughs) It's like this, it's like, that's fun, but it's like, how did you know I wanted to now? I don't know if I like this. This is weird that you exactly, it's really weird. I don't know how to like Ubisoft makes good games, but then they have this weird like shell that like makes it feel kind of gross to me. Sometimes there's a formula that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. So I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, (laughs) I guess it feels weird saying this after the conversation we just had, but um, getting to move further into uh, your like retro wear and Prima games days, like you're saying that you get to work a lot more on what you like want to be working on. Um, And I can just, I, I can't imagine just how freeing that must feel to, to get to just present things instead of kind of having stuff thrown at you you know, to, to like come up yeah. with your own ideas and get to write on that. Um, how, how has that just been for you getting, cause I, I remember seeing all, like, I, I've been following your articles for a while and I can tell that now you're writing about stuff you're a lot more passionate about. And it just seems like you're having the time of your life. Oh man. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I, 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 okay, so I, I, before I talk about it, too, I want to mention, in case anybody hears this and goes, oh, I'm going to do that, too, I just want to mention this, too. I also write stuff that, like, I don't want to say I don't want to write, but I also write things that you aren't, like, necessarily... assignments. Yeah, yeah, or, like, things that might not necessarily be exciting, but, like, oh, this will pay my electric bill, and it, it, I can do this, like, you know. Like, there's that side of it, too. I just want to mention both sides of it, because if, if you... I think it's important that everybody knows like if you do writing uh, on a subject it's not going to be just the part you're necessarily most attracted to you're also going to be writing like like i'll just say reviews because that's a big thing a lot of people want to do is review games whenever i see people talking about wanting to you know uh, break into the you know industry and write about games you're going to get to do reviews but like there's also like news and there's also you know other other things that you got to write sometimes too so before i talk about the part that's like just the time of my life i wanted to mention that so that um an accurate picture is <laughs> yes, given ground our expectations um, will you please 
Yeah. So, um, but then, but then, but then like on top of that, there's also like, you know, there's times I'll just be, I'll just be like, um, thinking about something I really want to like, um, like, like dive into, like, um, I'm trying to think of a good, like a good recent example. Oh yeah. So, um, I did not play Resident Evil 2, uh, the original game when it came out because I was busy being eight years old or something. I don't remember how old I was, but I was like a kid. Um, it's back when I was playing Crash Bandicoot and stuff. I was not playing Resident Evil 2. Um, but I always wanted to play it. So obviously when the remake came out, I was really excited because like, oh, this, this will work good. Cause of course, like a lot of people, like I tried playing it, but if you didn't play a game, uh, if you didn't play a game when it was in its prime, uh, when it was like new and like uh, pushing technology, it can be hard if you've only played the stuff that came after it because of the way the game technology stacks. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to go back sometimes, especially if you weren't there. So I tried to play Resident Evil 2, couldn't really, you know, do it. But then the remake gets announced a few years later, and I'm all excited. Anyway, so uh, I bring that up because I'm bridging the two games here. Um, after I finished the uh, remake of Resident Evil 2, I was just, I was even more excited about Resident Evil 2, the original game. I knew already, like, I'm not able to play this game. Just, you know, I, I didn't, again, I didn't play it at the time. And, like, it's, you know, it's, it's got some age. Um, and, and, and I, I struggle with, um, tank controls, um, a lot of the time too. So just like, I, I, I reconciled with the fact that like, I'm not going to be able to play this game, but I was like, I still want to experience like everything this game has to offer. Cause it's just so interesting to me and not just the game itself, but like the development of it too, was just fascinating to me. Um, so, uh, I watched like several, um, no commentary let's plays mm-hmm. which i like to do those when i want to experience a game but like i, I i'm like I, I know i can't play this Absolutely. i know i can't finish this whatever i did that with resident evil 7 um I, I i played like the first half and then i was like this is just getting like really really intense maybe i'll get to play this someday not sure i'm not going to worry about it right now i'm just going to watch this no commentary let's play um and like you know maybe i can always come back if i want um so like i do that sometimes and i did that for um resident evil 2 and i just couldn't get enough of it and one thing i thought was really fascinating was the connection between the playstation's technology and resident evil or or, or in capcom's um ambitions with technology like there was just a, a huge um relationship that i i couldn't not see when looking and reading about resident evil 2 uh the original game and so I did this article and, oh, and then, sorry, I got ahead of myself. I, I, I narrowed it down further. Like I touched on that in the article, but then I narrowed it down further and basically uh, showcased the soundtrack and how well I thought the soundtrack worked to fill in the gaps that the graphics and um, gameplay like couldn't fill in. Yeah. in the original game just because of technology and I thought the soundtrack did a really good job of that so I basically wrote an article um, around that and um, not only was it fun to like research and stuff but like also it was just it was just really fun to learn on my own and then of course I in that article I picked a couple of like uh, tracks and um, I, I basically put like a Spotify and a YouTube link so that readers could like you know like listen to this song and I, I want to tell you like why I think this track like you know, works really well. So I kind of threw some examples in too, but then on top of that, like, um, something else I loved about it. Whenever I research an article that's, um, on older technology, which of course happens a lot at retroware, um, I, uh, go to internet archive 
which um, for anyone unfamiliar, it's like the it's like my favorite website. And it also kind of goes with um, I'm really bad with names. I know I know Sterling and then your name's Jacob, right? Yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure I didn't just like confidently call you the wrong no, name. No, you're totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We didn't um, actually do an introduction. We kind of just like went right into it. So I think that's very funny. Yeah. Hi, my name is Jacob, by the way, at the end of the episode. <laughs> hey, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. But yeah, so this kind of harkens back to what uh, Jacob was uh, talking about earlier when we were talking about how it's, you know, it's it's uh, the internet. It's sad now, kind of. Like, it's, you know, it's still the internet, but, like, it's also, like, sad, too, and kind of how it's uh, been transformed in some ways. Internet Archive, which it's just archive.org, but if you Google Internet Archive, like, that's what it's called. It's just archive.org for the URL. Um, it's just... I, I just I don't know why this isn't like on more people like I'm not saying like I discovered this thing like it's a big thing I just don't know why everybody's not like obsessed with it like me I don't know but I, I love it it's a, it's a nonprofit out in California and they basically uh, data preservation is like their their biggest thing so like books movies music TV shows I mean hell let's plays from like people that like. Uh, may not even necessarily have that many like views and i'm not putting that down i'm just saying like everything gets uploaded here like it doesn't matter if it's big if it's small like it is here and i i for my research well first of all i go on this website for fun because it's just really fun to like you know go back and read like out of print magazines that are just here but also um this is where i do a lot of my research um when you're when you're reading and researching uh older games um you know a lot of it was on print and uh you know a lot of websites had that backed up or like you know like uh, a a game informer right now for example like the 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 title story and really like all all the stories in your magazine that comes in that month those are gonna be on the website too but it's like they're on the website for now. Eventually, they might not be there. Like, there's there's dead links, you know, all over the internet. And um, so even if it was backed up on a website, like, it might not be there anymore. And you get the sad face of, like, Wind Waker link uh, waving at you on Game Informer. You yeah. to go to a, a bad, you know, a, a bad link because it's a link. Anyway, um, so Internet Archive, though, like, everything's there. And so, like, I'll, I'll read through, like, old GamePro magazines and old PlayStation magazines. And, and like, that's how I, I research this stuff. And, like it's kind of the only way to really do it. Like, and I also like to put pictures in there. So like, I'll put like, like in this resident evil two article, um, I took a screenshot of a pullout poster, uh, from a, a game pro magazine. I, let me see. I cited it. Yeah. Game pro issue one thirteen, February, nineteen ninety eight. Like that's, that's, you know, collectors probably have that, but like I, as far as me trying to see that, if I don't already own that, like it's, it's just not you know, it might not be there, but like it's right there in an internet archive. And like, I took screenshots of both those pages and I'm, I'm not like, you know, the best with photo editing. Like I, I do stuff in like WordPress and like paint and like squish, but like I, uh, I, uh, combine the two images and like windows photos. And then I like, you know, I, I put that, you know, in, in my article and like, it's just really fun, like getting to kind of pull the curtain back on, on history and I think that um, not only is it interesting, but I think another reason it's so um, important to do is because a lot of people are always like excited about like the latest and greatest thing in games, and so that can kind of cause uh, the, the the present to just kind of get forgotten as we move on. And um, not to like turn this into like a, a PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo type like conversation, but like that's why PlayStation's. Um, uh, backward compatibility is like concerning to me. Like it's not for me. It's not like uh, oh Xbox has this, PlayStation doesn't. For me, it's like hey, like you know, you're one of my favorite game systems from when I was a kid. Like there was a gazillion games in the PS1. Please don't let those go away. Yeah. And I'm not here to I'm not here to like 
like recommend emulation. That's your own decision to make. But like that's the kind of stuff that's backed up in Internet Archive. You can go on there and you can get ROMs and ISOs, pretty much anything you can imagine. And the reason being for websites like Internet Archive is like this should be here. Like if this isn't going to be sold, you know, people should still be able to experience it. And games are kind of starting to. Um, Nintendo and PlayStation mostly. Xbox is behaving right now, but I mean, of course, as we've seen, that can, you know, change. But um, now. right now, Xbox is behaving. But yeah, um, there's a there's like this weird thing with games where like companies will just like not sell a game, like like Eternal Darkness and the GameCube. You just unless you like feel like throwing a whole bunch of money at like someone on eBay, you're not playing that game outside of emulation. And I understand these companies really want to like. Um, you know, their, their priority is making money off a game. But my thing is if the game isn't like available to play in your latest system, uh, free, like switch online, uh, or, or paid for, so I can, you know, buy it and download it. I, I don't think it's too much to, you know, um, imply or suggest that emulation is, is an alternative because the way I look at it is these companies are kind of like forcing that, like, you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be difficult to experience um, uh, art, um, and I oh, think yeah. that it should be available to purchase or just enjoy. Yeah, and so it's 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 a bummer for me like that. And and and, and I see I'm probably going on too long, but I see I see a, I see some people say like, "Well, just play it when it comes out." Well, what if someone's born in ten years and they don't get to play? You know, insert the latest and greatest game now. You know, like imagine if someone couldn't play, you know, Bloodborne or The Witcher Three someday. Like that, that could totally happen. Like that's that's not inconceivable. There's games that are like amazing that like outside of a physical copy or emulation, uh, that you know you're not going to get to play it because of licensing or just because you know like a, a platform holder just doesn't you know care. They don't want to make it available. And right now, I think the the biggest offender of that is Nintendo. Yeah, but absolutely. oh yeah. Um, could you Literally, imagine PlayStation's kind of drifts into that territory too, like we saw at the PS3 store and stuff? Could you imagine if a day comes where somebody is somehow unable to play Skyrim? Like, no, but only because Skyrim. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's kind that's of the world true. that these companies would have us live in, though. Yeah, absolutely. Think, no, it's, like, it's scary. I completely agree with you. Um, <laughs> and the fact that we see that kind of thing happening, and I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I interrupted you shamelessly, Sterling. Um, I, I, we, we see that thing happening like actively in front of our eyes recently with the. Uh, Oh, what was that game that Nintendo had out, and then they just literally stopped selling it? Oh, Mario. Mario. Like, literally. Which, like, if that can happen to Mario, then it can happen to anybody. To anybody. Like, that's Mario. Exactly. I think a lot of us were... I had my expectations drastically lowered for Metroid and Zelda's 35th anniversaries because I'm like, shit, they killed Mario. What are they going to do with Zelda? What are they going to do with Metroid? Like, I mean, not literally killed, but they re-released three games and then took it away three months later. Like, are they going to cancel Metroid? It was, was the joke I was making at the time. Like, is that how we're going to celebrate Metroid is, you know, hey, that was the last game that you, that you, you know, the, the last game was the last one. Obviously, it's, you know, great to see, you know, Metroid Dread happening, sure. but like, I don't know, that was really, that was really scary when like they didn't really do anything for Mario's birthday like I feel like any other company would have done so much more like I mean I know that like God of War and like The Last of Us and like Halo may not be you know um, on the same level as Mario for a lot of people but like I'm going to use those as an example because like those companies PlayStation Xbox aren't as old as Nintendo but like those are old 
franchises that are like you know really. I mean, Halo turned twenty this year. Yeah. You know, like can you imagine like in, in, in fifteen years if like you just couldn't play like Halo one through like four. Or actually, let's change it to Halo One through the Bungie Halos. Halo yeah. One, Two, Three, ODS. I mean, that, that would be crazy. But like Nintendo just does that, and like that's just it. And then they're taking down ROM sites and stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest. My my SNES Classic is modded, and I've got I've got Metroid Fusion. I've got Metroid Zero Mission. I've got stuff like that on there, and I have no problem buying those games on Switch. And I, you know, I I will if they, if they put them on there. But if I can't buy something on a a, a, a platform that's like currently out like I don't I understand you could go get like a Wii U or oh you know or people say like oh for that game you got to go get a PS3 and plug it in and I don't think that that should be a solution I think that should be like an option Absolutely. but I, I, I think that if you're not currently making your game available on your current thing that, you, that you're supporting then I, I think I'm within my you know my, my rights as, as a consumer to be like look this is 30 years old and it's 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 available in this this archive I'm gonna go play it over here or whatever and I don't know I know I know that emulation is a dicey topic and I I try to kind of avoid it for the most part because people have so many mixed feelings on it but like I just look at it like a lot of the time like I'm either supporting somebody on eBay and giving them like a hundred two hundred dollars for a game which isn't going to the the, the, the platform holder anyway yeah. you know like It'd be one thing if Nintendo... I think people would have more of an argument if they were like, well, Earthbound is $100 on the Switch, so that's that's how much you got to pay. Like, Then you'd be within your rights to be like, hey, that's how much it costs. They're selling it to you. I could say that's a that's a dumb price. That's a different conversation. But like, they're not even like letting me play Earthbound yeah. on my Switch. So like, yeah, I'm going to go play that on... Well, in that case, that was already on the SNES Classic. But I just, I'm using Earthbound as an example because there's these, like, huge games that they just, like, don't care if people... Like, Super Mario RPG. Like, why is that not... Anyway, I, I, uh... Long, long, long tangent. But, yeah, that's why that article was, like, one of my favorite articles to write. Um, and that's an example of an article that I like writing because, like, I just think that technology and, and games are just tied together in a, just a really interesting way. And I really like how, like limitations and possibilities um just kind of you know like inter- intertwine with games absolutely all right well we have one more question for you before we wrap up um what are you looking forward to uh, i think you mentioned a little bit about how you're really looking forward to uh, halo infinite which i can absolutely positively agree with you on but is there anything <laughs> else or if you just like to you know uh, splurge on halo uh what what else are you looking forward to I think Halo is probably like my biggest, like a, like in the AAA space, yeah. definitely like the thing I'm looking forward to the most. And I want to just throw this out there too, because I, I I know that the overwhelming narrative was like when Halo was revealed, it looked bad. But like I just want to be the other voice that when I saw that, I was actually really excited. And the reason I, I was excited, um, obviously, it looks better now, and I'm happy with how it looks. But when it was first revealed. I was more excited about it looking like Halo again, and yes. I didn't really care. They didn't look as good because for me, Halo Four, which side quick side note, I think Halo Four is a good game. I just think it doesn't. It's not super Halo-y, but it's a very good game. Um, but Halo, Halo Four, and Halo Five, they look amazing, especially now with like the way that they're like um, in, improved, like on you know newer hardware. But like Halo Four and Halo Five look really, really good, but they didn't look like Halo to me. No, they didn't. Yeah, like they just they just looked like a really good looking shooter, which like 
I, I don't I care less about like how real something looks and more like does this look like the game you know that this is, does this look like the you know the franchise um, and yeah for me Halo 4 and Halo 5 just didn't look like Halo and so like for me I was like I was freaking out because Halo Infinite looked like like a Halo like style again and so like yeah, I think it does look way better now, and um, I, I think that it was good to, to delay it a year. But like, I honestly, I, I probably would have been just as happy with, with what they were going to release because there would be times where I'm like, "Wow, this looks kind of rough," but like, I would also be like, "But it looks like Halo, so whatever." Like, Absolutely. I think my best example I could use for that that might resonate with some people is Final Fantasy VII remake. It looks like shit in some parts. Like, it looks like shit, just just really bad in some parts. But, like, it also looks amazing in other parts, and it's a fun game, so who gives a shit? Like, you know, like, it's... it's Final Fantasy VII Remake was one of my favorite games I played last year, and, like, some of the textures looked like they were from the PS2. Like, if you got into a, <laughs> uh, an area that, like, maybe isn't, like, as much of a focus point. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would kind of be okay with games looking worse in, like... I don't know. They, they they come out a year sooner, and they don't they don't look hyper realistic, but like they look good enough. And this is a you know this is a new, a new Resident Evil game, and you're playing it, and you're enjoying it. And guess what? The people that made it got to see their families. So you know who cares if you can see a pixel or something? I don't know. I know I'm kind of like in the the smaller crowd on that, but I just I, I think it might be because, and this might be you know probably apply to you guys a little bit too. Like we we grew up when games looked a lot worse. Oh, yeah. For me games were good enough when you could recognize something visually that the game was expecting you to recognize like because there was a time where it was like this is a person and it was just a square yeah once we got to like that's a person and that looks like a person like that was i don't know i'm gonna say xbox and ps2 was when games looked good enough like this is we can tell a story with this and stuff and then i think that like really xbox one and, and like ps4 and like switch technology like i mean obviously it's going to keep going and it has kept going and i'm okay with it continuing to go but like if, if games just kind of kept existing in that kind of visual space you know from last gen i, I would you know i'd still be having fun I'd, I'd still enjoy games so uh halo but i just wanted to shout out like all the hard work that uh 343's done and like oh, yeah. I, I I think it's it's more impressive the game looked like Halo's identity when it was first revealed than you know absolutely how uh, absolutely. how real it looked and also Craig is great I love Craig yes Craig <laughs> I uh, I think it's 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 funny that you uh, uh, that you you kind of you bring up the fact that it looks like Halo again because I think that I spent in our last episode probably like twenty minutes talking about how excited I am about the fact that like it looks like Halo Infinite is really returning to form. You know, yes, it, it, and like that's that's what matters. Yeah, it is, it is, and especially for I don't know. I think that there's there, for for Halo fans, there's there is a there's a je ne sais quoi um, uh, about. Um, God, I felt awful saying that phrase. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun word. Uh, it is. I like that. I like saying. Thank it. you. Uh, there's there is like this special quality of Halo that just makes it Halo, and it's something. It's 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 somewhere between. It's a cross between the visuals and the music, and just the feel that it, it kind of creates this harmony. That I don't know. Infinite looks like it's hitting that harmony again, and I just. I'm really, really excited about it. I'm so happy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk bringing this up. And I, I think you probably agree with me. This is either gonna be awkward or funny, or like we're gonna be on the same page. Either way, yeah. I'm gonna bring it up. 
Uh, Halo Combat Evolves new graphics are bad. Yes, they are. They are. They are. They're horrible. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no. Whenever people are like, "Oh wow, this looks so good," I'm like, "That no, it looks bad." Like when they, when they, <laughs> when they, when that came out, I was uh, like, "What the f- like? Yeah. What it? You know what? What is this? Is no like Bungie? Like put like they went they went they worked so hard and like this needs to look like a mysterious you know alien planet in a different world and let's 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 have the architecture look like this and then um. I don't even remember the developer. It doesn't matter. But the the, the who, who who like worked on that? It doesn't matter. The, whoever did the remaster, though, I know that like three four three helped, but they weren't like the main. Yeah, they weren't. You know, the main studio. I just I, the reason I wanted to do that is because I think three four three gets hated on like constantly, and it drives me crazy because like they're just people making a game. Uh, it's it's okay if you don't like it. I'll say but, I'll um, say my first experience with CE was the remastered version, and that was the thing that lets you like pop between the graphics, right? Like you could just. I like correct. that feature. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I played, the feature was great. I played mostly with the older graphics, even as somebody yeah. who, like, that was my first experience with the game. Well, and it's actually interesting. And, there's, there's, there's kind of this is getting into the nitty gritty here, but there's um, uh, a fun fact, and it's maybe not so fun, but they're that company that did the remake. They also like they didn't just port the old game into it they kind of they they fucked with the graphics a little bit with the older graphics too so there are if you go to like like if you pop in a version of uh ce in the original like i think what did it come out with the xbox like the xbox maybe i don't remember yeah um yeah if you pop it in it will look different than the uh combat evolved um remaster uh even on the older graphics because of the way they ported it over and actually it looks worse on like not only do the upgraded graphics for ce look worse but the older graphics look worse too because they wash out textures that were really important i watched a whole video essay on this i am not original and was it was it it was noodle right yeah honestly his video on his video on, on like on yeah it's it's amazing everybody should go watch it it's yeah he doesn't just say like graphics bad he's like no listen like here's why but yeah so for me like that 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 comes to mind when like when infinite comes out and people are like oh it looks bad i'm like well hold on like you're not wrong like craig does look like he you know he's, he's seen better days and like there's there are some issues here sure but like I, I can overlook that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and like in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to. I'm just saying I had to overlook it the other way around on two previous games, which was, you know, this looks good, but it doesn't look like Halo. So I was kind of happy to have it be like the reverse. Like, you know, this doesn't look like, you know, 2018 God of War, but like it, it, um, as far as like quality goes, but like it looks like Halo at least. Like for me, that was. That not only, like, was... I was okay with that, but to me, that sent a signal to me. As soon as I saw that, I was like, this is going to be a Halo game that I'm going to be really excited about again. And then I wasn't really... I haven't really been worried about the development ever since I first saw that reveal, because for me, it showed me they were on the right path. Like, they weren't... They weren't, like, retreading old mistakes. They weren't doing a Halo 4, Halo 5 graphics situation. Like, to me, that told me, like, they're they're looking at the right things when making this. Yeah. And I think it's exciting to see that because, like, Xbox is kind of, like, reflecting on their legacy um, a lot in this generation as they look back on the, you know, the original launching 20 years ago. And they're, like, taking the right lessons from that. Absolutely. Um, and that's 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 good because, I don't know, and I, I, I love PlayStation. I don't want to seem like I don't. Um, I criticize Xbox, like, left and right last generation. They finally started getting on the right track. But, you know, it, it, it took them falling on their face. And so it, it bums me out to see Sony, like, they fucking just made so many great decisions last generation and like playstation 4 was like 
you know, like that was, that was where, you know, gaming mostly happened. And it was like, they did some really cool stuff, but then like now they're kind of in that weird spot that Xbox was when it was in when the Xbox one launched where they're kind of like, we can kind of do whatever we want because everybody's over here. And I, I hate seeing that in games. Nintendo always does it. Yeah, like that's their attitude constantly. They don't care. But like PlayStation was so good with player feedback, you know, like the second half of the PS3 gen and like, the entirety almost of the PS4 gen. So it was kind of a bummer to see them kind of uh, move away from that. I'm hoping that that doesn't like continue. Cause I, man, I, I love PlayStation and it sucks to see like, um, you know, like them focusing on like just the big games and kind of the shift away from indies and smaller stuff. And it's kind of disheartening to see. Cause I, I started out a Nintendo, but like PlayStation was like, that was like the first system that like felt like my system, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So, all right. Well, it has been such a pleasure getting to talk to you. Uh, thank you again so much for being our first guest here. This has uh, been an absolutely incredible conversation. Um, before we say goodbye, uh, is uh, let people know how they can uh, how they can find you, uh, how how they can follow oh, the sure. stuff you're writing yeah. and everything. And yeah, thanks again for for having me on. Uh, <laughs> I always worry that I'm talking too much, even on my oh, own podcast. So hopefully it. that <laughs> works okay. Um, uh, yeah, so you can find me um, on Twitter at it's jerk jerk, Um and then most of my work is probably on Retroware. Um, I freelance for Prima Games, and then I also do uh, news over at a uh, CGM uh, Comic and Gaming Magazine. It's a really cool uh, Canada site. I really like them. And um, oh, and then uh, you can check out my podcast um, at Active Quest Show on Twitter. Um, of course, we're just called Active Quest, but got to get a Twitter handle, and that one Absolutely. was taken. So we're just Active <laughs> Quest Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's fun when that happens. And then uh, we, uh, we we do like a weekly show um, where we just kind of like cover news and um, um, questions and occasional evergreen topic episodes. And then we we try to review stuff too, but it's. Uh, it's uh, tricky because there's just you know there's just three of us, so we, sometimes we have to turn turn stuff down or just can't do as much. And then um, I don't know. I want to sh- I want to shout out Internet Archive again in case someone was like uh, oh, yeah. listening and like what was that website again? Seriously, it's like the coolest website ever. Like there's so many things that like you think are gone, but like they're not. And it's like a digital museum. But yeah, it's archive.org. Uh, they're the same website that created the Wayback Machine, which a lot of people you know have used before to like you know look at websites that are just like gone or like you know like when like a leak happens and then like it gets changed later or something like you can use that to kind of go back and uh um, access like an older screenshot of it or whatever but yeah really good website i I can't recommend them enough they're super good and important um i think for all media but like especially uh you know games yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go check them out uh, at all those places. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I know we've called, we've shouted it out here oh, before. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, thanks again for dropping by and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks. <laughs> All 
right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, you can catch us on Up Up Download on Twitter, Up Up Download on Instagram, and if you um, uh, Google us, I'm sure you'll find us too. Uh, we're on all of your major podcasting platforms, and uh, thank you so much for listening to our first episode with a guest. This was awesome. I had a great time. Did you have a good Absolutely. time, Sterling? so much fun like we, we we went on for a while but i think it was i think it was well worth it i think it was completely a agree. fun fun extra time for for everybody out there in, in audio land yes <laughs> um so well, yeah we're looking forward to be doing a lot more of these so if you've got any ideas for people that you want to hear from uh as long as it's not too ambitious we can try and make it happen uh, but I think it might be a while before we start hearing from like Hideo Kojima and stuff, you know. So hey, I so, have him yeah. on the line. <laughs> Bait and fish hook. I don't. I'm, uh, my metaphors are getting mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Um, so yes, thank you again so much, Josh, for coming to talk to us. And I'm super excited to see where we take this in the future again. Yeah. Check us out, uh, on the socials. Uh, and I think we've got a pretty special announcement that we'd like to make. Uh, oh yeah. Cause oh, I yeah. don't think it's not going to be, we're not going to be heard again in two weeks. That's true. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, when that when, when correct. are people going to be able to hear us again? Um, I think that people are going to be able to hear us again next week. Next week? Wait, next week. What? Is, is Up Up Download going weekly? Weekly? Oh my god, Up Up Download is going weekly? Oh, stop the presses. Stop All right, we can the stop the bit. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we're going to go weekly. Uh, we're, we're in a bit more of a stable place now, a bit more of a regular schedule. So I think we're going we're gonna to start recording every week for you guys. So, uh... Yeah, we, we probably won't us. have a guest every week. Uh, it'll probably not. be a yeah. bit difficult to, to pull that off. But uh, you will be able to hear us rant about the most random of topics week to week now. Uh, yes. So make sure you are subscribed and following and everything just so you can hear about that when those things happen. Totally. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We love and, you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.